morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Good morning, Life Church. Uh, Pastor Steve coming to you today from Hikes Bay. Of course, many of you know that I'm in the middle of a move from one house to the other with a gap in the middle. And so in the middle of the gap, we've come over to Hikes Bay to have a place to stay so we are not totally homeless. Um, it's been good today to have a couple of special people with us in this service. Of course, our great missionary, uh, Brother Troy and Jeanette Wicket, to the country of Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Uh, we thank them for being a part of this service. Of course, this is Mission Sunday and we collect our missions offering every uh, first Sunday of the month. And thank you for being so faithful with your giving to missions at this time. And then my dear friend, Jeff Walthall, the great praise and worship leader is with us today. He's led us in a couple of songs of worship. And I thank God that he has been able to be a part of this service as well. In the past couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about being an unstoppable church. And so today I'm gonna to conclude some thoughts today about being the church of power. Uh, you know what? Um, in our day, we have been kind of forced to be out of the church. We're no longer able to gather in our building. But I believe that God is using this to allow us to know that it doesn't matter if we're in the four walls of our church buildings or not. God's church is not closed. We are still moving forward. And God is doing a great work among us. You know, uh, when I think of churches in this last say 40 or 50 decades in the time past church was a big part of our communities uh, they were the big um, edifices that sat on the main streets on the corners with the high spirals and and steeples sticking up into the sky they were like a primitive gps system to all the people of town they kind of knew where they were at in town by just looking and trying to find where the steeple was well, no longer in our day is the church um, holding such a high place in our culture. Now the churches have moved to the suburbs and they are now found to be not the prominent people and um, image in our societies anymore. But uh, in spite of all that, I thank God that his church is still unstoppable and we are going to become that unstoppable church in this day. Last time I talked to you, I challenged you to, to do a couple of things. First of all, I said, I want you to find someone in your circle and talk to them about Jesus. I also encouraged you to be a part of our Wednesday Zoom call, to gain strength and to be fed in your spiritual soul, and then to find someone to pray with and minister to outside of the walls of our church. And I pray you've done that. The last thing I mentioned, I'm going to focus my thoughts there today, is I want us to start believing that God has called us to become a church where signs and wonders are done in the name of Jesus. Today, my thoughts are going to be on becoming a church of power. We must get back to what God has intended for the church to be. God in intends for this church, his church, to become a church of power. In fact, the DNA of the New Testament church was this. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 lets us know that these are they that turn their world upside down. Talking about his New Testament powerful church. 
Acts 19 and 10 says, And they continued for two years. And all that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. I believe that this Acts church that we're a part of is to be a church of power, a church of might, a church of authority, a church that's moving forward, that's making a difference and influencing our culture. Do you believe that today? This Acts church is to be a church of power in three ways. I want to give you three ways that we're to be a church of power. Number one, we have the promise of power. Luke 24 and 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with, what is the word? Power from on high. Much of the Bible and much of the gospel, it points to this time when God is going to come and he's going to indwell this church. He's going to pour his promise upon his church. People are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the enduing of power. It's Jesus saying this. He says, I am with you, but I shall be inside of you. I'm thanking God today for the promise of power. The great verse in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Everybody say witnesses. The reason you've got the Holy Ghost is not to feel good on a Sunday at church. The reason you've got the Spirit of God is to be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus promised us power. We have the promise of power. We should be affecting our neighborhoods. We should be affecting our families. We should be affecting our cities and our world because we are endued with this promise of power. We also should have the possession of power. Of course, that's where we love to talk about in Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they're sitting. And then in verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They were filled. They were possessed. They had possession of power. Acts 2 and 38. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's what we talked about in Life Kids just last Sunday. Today, This Sunday we talked about the Holy Ghost. It says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then it goes on to say in verse 39, and this promise is for you. Point to someone in the room and say, it's for you. It's for your children. To all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. You know what? When we think of possession of something, in North America, we don't want to be possessed by anything. People in North America, they're not really into much with spirits. Now, if you travel the world at all, you will understand there are people that are around the world. They, they understand spirits. I remember going to Guatemala and the great missionary Brad Thompson there, my dear friend. Uh, we got to go across Lake Atitlan. We got to go to a little village and we went to find the guy, the, 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 the idol that was being transferred from house to house in that little village. And these people, I mean, this, this idol stood about four feet high. 
And this idol, they were actually putting cigarettes in the idol's mouth. And they were bringing in offerings and they were worshiping and they were praying because that's where the spirit of their God dwelt. It was kind of a little eerie walking into this little house, this little small house where this idol was. But there are people around the world, they understand being possessed or, or desiring these spirits to work in their life. Really, I don't want to be possessed by an evil spirit. There, there's two kinds of spirits. There's, there's evil spirits and then there's holy spirits. Trust me, you do not want to be possessed by an evil spirit. When I'm filled or possessed by an evil spirit, it brings torment. It, it brings depression. There's no peace in your life. There's turmoil in your life. When you're possessed by an evil spirit, evil surrounds you. That's not what I'm looking for today. But I'm talking about being possessed by a Holy Spirit, being possessed by God's Spirit. Now, I want to tell you that's the greatest possession you could ever have. That brings life. That brings transformation. That brings deliverance to you. That br brings being set free from all your fears and all your anxieties. That's the Spirit that brings peace, the Bible says, that passes all understanding. I thank God for the power of his Holy Spirit. I thank God that his Spirit has filled me. I have possession of Spirit in my life. And because I have his Spirit filling my life, I have access and I can experience one day eternal life. Thank God for that. I want to ask you today, have you been filled with his Holy Spirit? I just want you to think about that for a moment. And if you haven't, you, you want to begin to talk to God. You want to be able to begin to cry out to God and say, God, I want to be possessed by your spirit. I want to be filled with your spirit. God, I want your spirit to do a work in my life. It, the Bible goes on to tell us, it says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I thank God that I've got the Spirit of Christ dwelling in me. And one of these days, not too far away, when that trumpet sounds, Christ in me gives me hope of glory. Praise God. So, so it's, it's a couple of things. The third thing it is here, it's the possibilities of power. You know what? It's not just a, enough to know that you know, we can be possessed with this power and that it's a promise of power, but there's possibilities when you experience his power. The endless possibilities are available. You can experience miracles. You can experience deliverance. You can experience signs and wonders done in the name of Jesus. And that's what we're talking about here today. It's a church of power, this unstoppable church that's no longer in a building. It's a church filled with power. And God wants that power to flow from us today. I thank God for that power. If you, if you need salvation today, that Spirit of God can give power to help you to overcome your sins. It can wash away your sins. It can transform your life. It's a wonderful thing. I believe by the end of this message and by the end of this service, there are going to be people that you'll reach out to the Word of God. You'll, you'll latch on to the words that I'm speaking in this message. And you will say, Pastor Steve, I want to have a change in my life. And God will bring a change. If you want God, God wants you. If you take one step towards God, God will take one step towards you. 
Acts 4 and 30 says this power. It says, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders will be done in the name of the holy child Jesus. This New Testament church in the book of Acts, they had a power that they were able to see signs and wonders done in the name of Jesus. Well, we're a part of that book of Acts church. Acts simply means the actions of the apostles. Today, we can be people that are filled with the acts of the apostles. We can see signs and wonders done in the name of Jesus. So if you have a need today in your life, you have a need today in your body, you have a need today in your, in your family, God wants to meet that need because he's almighty God. He's got all power. He has answers to situations where you don't know where to turn. He's got answers. And I believe God's going to show up in this service today. One of the great first miracles of this New Testament church is found in Acts chapter 3. And for a moment today, I'm going to break it down and give us a couple of truths and a couple of great ideas and points that come from this great miracle. The first thing that happened in this Acts 3 miracle, they were on their way to the house of God for prayer. My first point to you out of this miracle is we got to faithfully do what we know how to do, and that is pray. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Miracles happen when the church prays. As we pray, we, we see things done and accomplished in the name of Jesus as the church prays. Every time a church, anytime a body of believers decide they're going to begin to seek after God and cry out to God in prayer, that's when miracles and revivals break forth. That's when God shows up and does great things. It usually starts in a prayer meeting. So I'm challenging you, Life Church. We got to make sure during this time that prayer is a part of our daily schedules. We've got to make sure that we're finding time to spend with God in prayer. If we have prayer, we will have power. If we have prayer, we will see miracles. The second point out of this chapter, Acts chapter 3, they simply had to address the needs at hand. Today, as we're facing coronavirus, as we're facing life without you know, going out into public and church. And there's people, they're hurting. They get all kinds of messed up thinking. Uh, we, we need to just simply meet some needs. Here's what um, the apostles did in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. I believe today that there are people in our pathway, people in our families, people in our world, that, that, that their needs are being presented to us and we're walking right on by them. How many people are we seeing in, in the course of our day? Hopefully not too many, uh, but how many people are coming in the course of our conversation on a phone call? People that are in our neighborhood that we're seeing on the street corner, people in the grocery store, that they're, they're racked with fear. They've got, they've got situations in their life and they're looking for someone to speak hope into their life. How many people are, are coming across our pathway? And this apostolic, this unstoppable church, we should be sensitive to the voice of God to be able to hear from God and minister to needs presented to us. There are people with economic situations right now 
because of this coronavirus. There's people that, like I said, they're filled with fear. There's families that are in turmoil. There are marriages that are on the rocks. There are kids that are, that are struggling. I, I know there's all kinds of situations in people's lives. There's work situations. There might be habits and hangups that our people are dealing with right now. What the church is needing to do in this hour is to simply meet people's needs around us. Stop for a moment and ask God to make you sensitive to the needs of people that you come in contact with. In fact, let's pray that prayer right now. Jesus, God, help me, God. Help us as a church. Help us as a people. God, to be sensitive to the needs around us, not to be so self-centered and so self-focused that we ignore the fact that you've got people that you want us to speak to. Help my ear to be attuned unto your cry and your, your, your nudging, God, that I, I might be able to minister to someone that I come in contact with in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. The third lesson I think we need to learn from Acts chapter 3 is we must embrace our limitations, but we must acknowledge God's unlimited ability. Acts chapter 3, 4 through 6 says, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. He was expecting to get something in his cup, some silver, some gold, some alms. But Peter and John says, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They understood their limitations. They knew that they didn't have anything in their pockets, no silver, no gold to give them. They, they knew where they were at. He, but he went on to say, but what I do have, I'm gonna give you. You know what? Peter and John were filled recently with the power of the Holy Ghost. Recently, they, they, they were given and endued with power that they could now use to meet the needs of people around them. And so they were no longer looking to what they had. You know what? You don't have to have a lot of wealth. You don't have, a lot of, have to have a lot of riches. You don't have to have a great education. But what you have to just do is use the power that God's given you. If you use that power, God can use you to minister to someone in your world. You have everything you need to minister to someone because you have supernatural power flowing through your veins. You have the power of the Holy Ghost. You've been endued with that power. God's unlimited resources are flowing through your veins. All of heaven's resources we have access to. And if we know that we have that, if we know that Jesus is the way maker, he's the promise keeper, he's the light in the darkness, he can speak peace to your troubled heart. If we know that Jesus is the heart mender, he's the deliverer, he's the great physician, and, and you have, have this friend named Jesus who can help the people that you're coming in contact with, why not just link up the two? Be that conduit 
as the great missionary to Africa, Sister Nona Freeman would say, we're just empty pipes. We're just conduits for the spirit of God to flow through. Let's, I want the church to become unstoppable. I want us to become that empty pipe that God can use and flow through. And we can see great things done in the name of Jesus. Zechariah chapter four and verse six says this, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not by my power. It's not by your power, but it's by God's power. And we need to tap into that power. It's not by my strength, but, but through him, through his power, through his ability, we can see God do supernatural things today in this service. I believe it. So we must understand our limitations, but never forget God's supernatural, God's unlimited power that we have access to today. The fourth thing that I get from this great miracle in Acts chapter 3 is this. We must use the power that's in the name of Jesus. Acts 3, 6 says this. They, they didn't say in the name of Paul, in the name of Peter, rise up and walk. They said no. They said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There's power in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, everybody say those three words with me. In my name, say it again. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Then there's a semicolon. You could say in my name again. There's all the things that we can do in the name. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall take up serpents. Now, if you, if you know this pastor at all, you know that I'm not going to be taking up any serpents. I do not like snakes. But in my name, if I get you come in contact with a serpent, in my name, it shall not hurt me. In my name, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You know what? There's power in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray today in the name of Jesus. We're going to cast out demons if there's demons to be cast out today in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray for the sick in the name of Jesus. We're, we're going to believe that God's going to do miracles and signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. The Bible says whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. I thank God for the power of the name of Jesus. There's a power that's in that name to break every chain, every chain of sin, every chain of sickness, every chain of despair, every chain of hopelessness. There's power in the name of Jesus. Whatever your need is today, we're gonna believe God and we're gonna pray in Jesus' name. And then finally, the fifth thing that I get from this great miracle in Acts 3 is this that the demonstration of God's power, it, it brings credibility. It opens the hearts of the unbeliever to the gospel. Acts 3, 7 says it like this. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him and praising God. They, 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 all the people that had, they, they knew this guy at the gate. They'd seen him there day after day, month after month, year after year. That they recognized this guy. And it says all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew. I'm going to say those three words again. They saw him walking and leaping and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. 
and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They were amazed. They, they thought, whoa, this guy, he's walking, he's leaping, he's praising God. Something has happened to change his life forever. So God's power brought credibility. The preaching of Peter and John now took on a whole new light because now they were the ones that were there when it happened. And they were the ones that, that prayed and, and they were the ones that said, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And now Peter and John could almost say anything and the crowd was going to believe them because they were the ones that were there when it happened. And so the result was this in Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, but many who heard the message believed. When you have power, when you have demonstration with this message, they will believe. Many who heard the message believed so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Think about it. Because of the miracle, because Peter and John were sensitive to a need on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer, because they took a time to stop and minister to that need, the people believed. The people were astonished. The people began to wonder. And so because of that, the Bible says, because of the miracle, many people believed and 5,000 men were added to the church. And if there's 5,000 men being added to the church, trust me, there's a bunch of women, a bunch of young people, and a bunch of kids being added as well. I think back to a couple of years ago at Life Church, there was a, a new lady that had been coming for a short time, and, and she was coming around, but really there was a lot of doubt and a lot of unbelief in her heart. And I remember when um, she developed a, a lump in her breast, and, and, and several of the ladies at the altar went weekend they they brought her down front and they anointed her with oil and they prayed over her in the name of Jesus she went to her pre-op appointment that next week and the doctor who had been getting ready for this surgery to remove this lump he has her lay down in the bed he said I'm gonna just check it out one more time and and he lays her down and he begins to to figure out that there's no more lump there he says the lump is gone what did you do and, and what had happened was there was a group of believers who prayed in the name of Jesus. They followed the, the command of Scripture. They anointed her with oil in the name of Jesus. And God performed a miracle. And because of that, we have a wonderful lady in our church by the name of Malenka who loves God. She serves God. She's a part of our volunteer team. She's been baptized in Jesus' name. She's been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And she's living for God today. Because when the miracle takes place, when the demonstration happens, there's something that happens supernaturally. And people believe. And there's, there's now a power that goes with what's being said at that place. And I thank God for that great miracle. You know, I think of the great book of Acts. The book of Acts, 28 different chapters in the book of Acts. It's the acts of God working through the apostles. It's what God is trying to do in that New Testament church through a bunch of men, unlearned men, tax collectors, fishermen, farmers. You know, they were just a hodgepodge of peoples that were coming together that God had chosen to preach the gospel. And here we have these 28 chapters where God did supernatural things. There were miracles, there were signs, there were wonders that were done in Jesus' name. And I don't believe that God is done with the end of Acts chapter 28. 
There's no Acts chapter 29, but I believe that the church of God today, 2020, May 3rd, we are, we are part of that unstoppable church. We are a part of that Acts church. And I believe that we are actually writing the Acts of the apostles today. Things that are being done today. I believe that God is desiring us to see things done in the name of Jesus. We are to be the church of power. We are to be God's unstoppable church in this day. And as our music team comes back to lead us in some more worship, I, I just want you to get your mind and your heart attuned to heaven. I want you to begin to pray and ask God, God, use me. If you have a need in your life, you begin, you begin to pray right now in Jesus' name. And I believe that God is going to answer your prayer today. for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you might be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church, and you'll find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support. Have a wonderful week and God bless.